Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Who's Clutch Sports Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Michael Urquhart, and you already know I got my main man, Pots and Pans, Mel Brown. What's going on, bro? What's going on? The MVP race is cooking up. MVP race is cooking up. Uh, to me, one, two, and three got to be Steph, Durant, and Joker, but I think it's mixed up right now. I think KD might be number one in the MVP race. How you feel about that? Uh, I, I think that makes a lot of sense because you got to figure James Harden is not himself. Kyrie is not there. They down a lot of, they losing a lot of players to COVID. And somehow they still winning games. And that somehow is him. Um, he's getting triple doubles, 50 points. Um, he pretty much doing any and everything that that team need. And they winning, they winning games. So, I mean... You definitely would have to get a nod to to KD at this point, in my opinion. To me, when I seen that uh, Brooklyn was only rotating eight players against the Sixers at home, um, this was about might have been about three, four nights ago. The Sixers. Yeah, they played the Sixers. That was yesterday. Day before. They, that was yesterday. Yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And he went out and almost had a triple double at halftime. Now, tell me how hard it is <clears throat> for a coach to only rotate eight players. Um, I mean, I don't think it's that hard because you only have eight players to ro- rotate. Uh, it's hard on the players that's being rotated because they, they log in heavy minutes. But I don't, I don't know. Just off the top of my head, it don't seem to be something that hard to do. But I know it's definitely hard on the players. Definitely hard on the players. Offense and defense constantly running up and down the court. It ain't that much rest you're going to get. And look how much pressure is on KD because if he's not producing, if they don't got the lead, he's not coming out the game. So you still got to have that um, <clears throat> that leeway. I think that's a uh, that's a tough task for a coach to actually only be able to Rotate eight players. I mean, you got your six man. You know, you probably got somebody subbing in for your center. But I still want to at least have 10, 11 fresh legs. You know what I'm saying? You want to have fresh legs. Um, to me, um, I love what Joker is doing. Um, these uh, And for him to be a, a, a center and, you know, and have the development that he's had over the past five years for this Denver team, <clears throat> to me, uh, it looks like he's having more success over there in Denver than Joel Embiid is having over there with the Sixers. Um, to me, I think uh, I think Joker is better than Joel Embiid. How you feel about that? They both, I mean, it's apples and oranges. Like they both dominate their the the game and. Um, their own right. Uh, Joker, Joker is more finesse, I would say, um, versus Embiid, who's who's dominant. But the thing with Embiid is when he wants to do that, you don't know. Uh, that's that's yet to be seen. Um, Joker, he's way more consistent. Um, some would say he's way more skilled. Would uh, you agree to that? Would you think Joker's us? Uh, that's debatable because 
okay, you could get an IQ, um, passing. the passing, not to to Joker, but then it's like, Bead is dominant. So he, I don't even think Joker could dunk. Bead a block your <laughs> shot. Bead a dunk on you. Um, jab step, you know, pull pull ups. The the three ball when it's working. So, B has a unique talent um, in his own right. You got a center giving you 27, 10, and 11, 28, 19, and 9, 35, 17, and 8, 22, 13, and 10, 39, 11, and 11, 17, 12, and 15. This, this is your center. Mm-hmm. This is the, Nikola Jokic, like what he is doing, um, I think he's revolutionizing the center position right now, bro. And... And I've seen him bang. I've seen him get, you know, nasty on the court, rugged. Um, you know, he's not no, uh, he's not soft out there. He's not Mr. Softy out there. He's not ice cream. If you want to, I think Embiid shoots the mid-range better than Jokic. Um, but I think Jokic might shoot the three better than him. And of and hands down, who I want, who do I want the ball in the hands of in late game situations? I want Jokic. So it's 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 many as many areas where Jokic is actually beating beat. Well, you could look at the areas that he um he he has the nod in, but you could also look in the areas that he's um not the greatest in. Uh Bede is a way better defender. A way better defender. So when I'm building a team, I want my center to be able to obviously dominate on offense, but I want him to also be able to anchor the defense. Joker is a liability. You put him in a pick and roll, he's flat-footed. You go back and look at some of the footage in the playoffs last year. They was attacking attacking his feet. That's a problem. That's a major problem, actually. And I feel like along, as long as he's playing that way, which and I'm not, I'm not trying to take nothing from him, but to me, the killer mindset... The killer style of play, which is dominate on offense and then also dominate on defense, I don't think nothing trumps that. Uh, I think as long as Joker is um, playing the way that he's playing and they're running the offense through him, I think they won't win the championship. I don't think they'll win the championship that way because you got to look at it. It all looks good when it's working, um, but then you get in a late-game situation, you got your center taking a one-foot jump shot at the top of the key, if that miss, you're going to be pissed. Why is he doing that? Da-da-da-da-da. See, it's working. So it's like, yo, he's so good. But when it's not working, it's going to be a problem. And you got to look at that. You got to look at that. Bede ain't the smartest um, basketball player, especially in close game situations. But B at the top of his game versus Joker at the top of his game, me, if I'm a GM, I'm taking B at the top of his game over Joker. And then... Okay, just to give my man B some justice, 32 and 9, 17 and 14, 26 and 9, 32 and 8, 43 and 15, 7 assists, 28, 12, 13, 18, 6 assists, 42. If he didn't get hurt last year, he would have won MVP. I agree. I agree. The, I mean, but still look at the season that Jokic had. <laughs> it's, it's excellent. It looks good. And he's consistent. And to me, if you are going to dominate per se um then there has to be a specific area where you are dominating and he's a way better playmaker than Joel Embiid like when he's yes then 
You could be doing all that on offense, but you get you giving up thirty, you giving up whatever on defense. That I don't. That's that's not a fair trade. But he's still involving other people. Like, what complimentary pieces do we does he have right now? Right yeah, now, he got, he got complimentary pieces. No, he's doing a great job of leading that team. But I don't think. Um, again, we talking about the individual players. I just don't. That style only gets you so far, which is the finesse style. That only gets you so far. I'm not saying he's soft, um, but I'm just saying that one foot jump shot and all the the the, the, the cute stuff. Uh, we see B do the same thing, and that's his problem. We'll see B live and, at the perimeter, and that's his problem. And you'll take a knock at him, and rightfully so. So Jokic is is more to me. He's more dangerous in the post than B because he's able to see the floor better than him. He can pass better than him. If they collapse, he can. He has vision. He's able to hit the open guy. Cutters. Mm-hmm. B not looking at that. If somebody that's his weakness. B, that, but again, you only highlighting. What Joker has over B, you're not really highlighting what B has over Joker, and that's what I'm here for. Like I'm telling you, like I don't think, I don't think certain things are fair trades. Like to be able to do what he's able to do on on offense, but then be such a liability on defense. I don't know if that's a, and that might be why they're not going to go as far as most people think they can go with him playing that way. He's given up. He's a liability on defense. You put him in a pick and roll at the top of the key. I.e. a Brooke Lopez, dudes like that, they're going to struggle. They're flat-footed. They're going to struggle, and uh, it's, it's plenty of footage on it. I'm not making this up, so you got to look at stuff like that, like all things considered. I think uh, Jokic, um, he's more efficient than B. I'm just saying that we can highlight, and where I'm getting at is, I think Jokic is a better basketball player than Joel and B. That's where I'm getting at. You would you agree with me? Offensively, I I don't know. I, I that's why I said it's debatable because again, before B went down last year, he was going to be the MVP. I don't care how Jokic was playing, B was going to be the MVP. And again, that goes to my statement when I say nothing trumps the killer dominating style of play, like slap the board, dunk on you, scream at you. I'm not taking nothing over that. And he's doing the same things, bringing the same energy on defense. I'm not taking nothing over that. So, I mean, you could take that how you want to take. I mean, I agree. Slamming on somebody and then blocking a shot, that's electrifying. Um, but to me, close game situations, I need a bucket. I need a basket. I need you to make the smart play. And I think we can put the ball in the hands of Jokic more than Bede when, when that situation arises. And, I mean, we've, we've praised LeBron James for his ability to make players around him better. <clears throat> and... Say that again. He's a perimeter player. You don't want. That. I mean, Brown played out the post as well. But you don't want that being your center. You don't want that being your center. Your center, you need most of the time as your center, you need somebody that's gonna be able to cut to the rim, uh, dive off of screens, dunk the ball, be dominating that way, getting the easy buckets. You know how slow the game has to be in order to run your offense through a center. There's a lot of things you really got to look at long term to really see um, where I'm getting it. Now, my next question to you <clears throat> to dive uh, deeper into this subject is, is this, does he have to play like this? Can can Denver bring pieces where they can actually utilize him better, where he doesn't have to be the focal point of the offense? He doesn't have to play from the top of the key. He doesn't have to illustrate or basically be the point guard as a center. 
to me, the perfect fit for him would be a situation where is a rim protector with him. That would be the in that way he could do what he could do on offense and it won't look so bad on defense. They, he's a big problem on defense. And I don't think people really talk about that. He's a major problem on defense. So yeah, you just you just gotta look at stuff like that. If Joel Embiid was on Denver, would they have the same success? No. No, absolutely not, because what he's able to bring offensively in terms of making everybody else around him better, that's a plus for him. No, mm -mm. but I don't think the Sixers would be any different right now if Joker was playing. Really? Really, because their total points per game allowed will go way up. You got to look at it. Is that a fair trade? Um, He could give me a triple-double with 30 points on offense. But he's giving up 30 points in pace when I'm 30 every game along with pace. Like, that's that's a major problem. Are you willing to make that trade? Like, that's not a fair trade to me. So, again, um, I, 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 would, I would say if he was more so just strictly on the block, um, sometimes stretched out to the three if it was there, but not have the offense ran through him as much, then I think he would be a lot more dangerous Definitely be dangerous if they had a rim protector. But as long as he's your anchor on defense, they, they, they're not going to go nowhere. It's going to look good on paper. They're going to stack up wins. But when you start talking about playoffs and, they, and people attacking weaknesses, everybody, every coach knows to attack Joker in the pick and roll. So you're saying that Jokic really needs to go to that stretch four position and then bring a five down there mm-hmm. that can just stay down and play? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So like... Like a combination with him and like a Jared Allen. That would have been a, a crazy combination. You need something along with him because he's a liability. You got to cover that. And as long as he, like I said, if he's the anchor on your defense, that ain't going to work. So, yeah, Joker, I don't know how you fix that defensive uh, deficiency. You, Like I said, you're going to have to add somebody like a Jared Allen or a Capella and actually push him to the floor. Um, and I'm glad that you brought up Jared Allen because he's playing like the best center in the league right now. Would you agree? Definitely not the best center in the league, but I do agree that he he's elevated his game. Um, they have the coach of the year. Uh, Garland is is a superstar. Uh, I think that defense they they have a traditional style of, of, of playing basketball. They have a lot of that? they have a lot of height. Uh, they rugged. They just do all the dirty work. It's going to be tough to beat them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Them in Miami is going to be tough test for whoever they play. Whoever they – I brought up Cleveland Cleveland last year. Um, I think that they have a, a, a real good promising future. And to be honest, just hypotheticals. LeBron might as well go back and, and finish his career there because what's going on in L.A., I can't say that uh, I really see the vision. <laughs> I did. Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis? No, he's playing like Barkley off of Space Jam. <laughs> well, you got to explain that to the people. Go watch Space Jam. Not Space Jam 2, the new the, with LeBron Space Jam. The you got Space you got to watch the original Space Jam and see how Charles Barkley was playing 
when uh when they took his powers. <laughs> That's what you talking about. When they took his powers, man. This is what do you what do you see from Anthony Davis that um where you where you're seeing show, uh, signs of decline? Laziness, urgency. Um, he doesn't have he doesn't show me no sense of urgency. Uh, I just see him trotting up and down the court, saying face. It's just like he don't he, he not even being hard on himself. I, that's just what I see from the outside. Uh, I don't know if the injury's taking a toll, but what I can say about Anthony Davis is he has reached his peak. So is He's he on a decline? I guess we 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 going through it right now to get to the answer, but he's not going to get any better than what you've seen him at. Eight for 18, nine for 18, seven for 13. 12 for 22, 9 for 22, 7 for 17, 12 for 21, 14 for 24, 10 for 23. AD, whoo. And I'll be honest, I remember, uh, I think it was, this was a few years ago, probably last year, I was heavy on Anthony Davis. Um, I th- matter of fact, it was the year before he, uh, or the year that he did get traded to the Lakers. It was the year that he got traded to the Lakers. And we was having this conversation. I was saying, listen, Anthony Davis, he's just as young. He was only, what, three years, three, four years older than uh, Greek Freak. And we was having a conversation, and you did tell me that Greek had more upside because if he get a jump shot, he's going to be more dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I said Anthony Davis already has a jump shot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and But to me, I don't think that uh, Anthony Davis is aggressive. Um, I don't remember the last time he dunked. I don't remember the last time he uh, dunked on somebody. <laughs> um, I don't remember the last time he had a double-double. Uh, even if he get a double-double, it just don't look right. Like, if you watch him, it just something is off. Um, and I think it's the couple things that I highlight is laziness, and then it's just a sense of urgency uh, on offense. I don't like what I'm seeing from him. I don't know if that's the Hollywood, you know, lifestyle or or what's going on, but... Yeah, I, I don't get that same feel and confidence from Anthony Davis. I think I need to watch a little bit more Lakers games, man. He had 20 and 12. These are quiet. 17 and 16, 27 and 10, 24 and 10. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I need to brush up on the Lakers games, bro. I don't, they don't, they don't, they got this dream team of Carmelo Anthony, Ru- Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Rajon Ryan. What, what are you doing with this dream team? What are you doing? Or let me ask you this question. Does it look like the Lakers are content with the bubble ship? The bubble ship? Uh, no, I don't think so because I think they know it's a lot of people that don't really buy into that. Um, they don't see that as legit. But I mean, it's, it's all you also could look at it as they have the Lakers is just building assets to move, you know, get the right pieces that they actually need. We've seen a LeBron team get traded midway through a season before. Um, so when he played with Derrick Rose, Isaiah Thomas, D Wade, it was a lot going on in Cleveland. <laughs> he had a lot of dream teams going on. Just just wishful thinking. Just you know, when you get to a certain age, you just want to get on the train. And, and go to the championship, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it like they just using these pieces as assets. They have a lot of pieces just to 
bring people in and a trade for or whatever the case is. So I'm I'm interested to see how they move forward. I think the Lakers are done. Um, I don't think they can beat the Warriors, especially not right now, and especially not when Clay come back. Um, I don't think they can beat the Suns. Uh, I mean, right now, Minnesota might even give them some smoke in the seven-game series. <laughs> Minnesota's a dangerous team. Um, and which brings up my next question. Um, right now, I want to ask you a few questions. If the playoffs was to happen right now, I just want to know, um, out of these teams, who you think will win that the seven-game series right now? Um, if the Heat played the Cavs, who will win that seven-game series? Mm. I would say the Heat just solely because of experience. That's it. That's the only advantage they have. So, <laughs> that's the only advantage they got? That's the only one that I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um BK and the Sixers in the seven game series right now, as the teams are constructed. Well, you know, there's a lot going on in Brooklyn with dudes like Harris out, um, James Harden not even playing right now. So if you including them two, because it's just a COVID list. I mean Harris got an ankle injury, but he'll be back. Yeah, I give you Joe Harris and James Harden. They both playing. As constructed, then uh, I would say that uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn advances. Brooklyn beats them. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. The Bucks, um, the Bucks and the Cavs. How you feel about that? You think the Cavs can beat them? They are a young team. You said they they might have a coach of the year, but you think Greek Freak just would be too much for them? Well, they got Jared Allen, so I'm not. That's going seven. And again, experience. That's that's the only thing that dudes are gonna have over the Cavs, cause they hungry and 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 they got energy. Uh, they play with it. They 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 serious, man. This ain't this ain't no fluke. So this this is the, a franchise that's 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 headed in the right direction. It's all uphill from here. But they need a piece, though, right? They don't need a a, a superstar. They don't well, need no no no. They they give me the Detroit Pistons feel. When they won the championship, like it wasn't no nobody that stood out, but it was a collective. Um, it was a collective effort. Yeah, Chauncey, exactly. t- I mean Prince, just all the right pieces, just all the right pieces, just all the right pieces, and, and a coach that knew what to do. So I think that's that's kind of how I feel about uh, the Cavs right now. That was Larry, right? Larry Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big ups to Larry. Yeah, Larry, I know you wanted that sh- that uh, that ring with AI. I know. My man ain't come to practice. Don't worry about that. Um, in the West, in the West, um, and I am going to bring it up. If Minnesota play the Lakers, who will win that seven-game series? Mm. It's definitely going seven. <laughs> <laughs> that that much, I can tell you. Uh LeBron ain't gonna let that that happen. I would say the Lakers. They gonna get all they want though. They gonna get all the trouble they're looking for. They might even go down a couple times in this series. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Clippers. With Kawhi and PG. Well, I don't know if Kawhi coming back this year. 
But with PJ, Memphis. Memphis is, is their dogs. They're, they And they well coached Memphis. I think I was going to say Denver versus Utah, but I think Utah get right with Denver. Um, that might be 4-1. Um, but I think the Grizzlies will be a nice matchup for the Utah Jazz. How you feel about that seven-game series? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, what would be your key matchups? It would, it would be uh, Clarkson coming off the bench. He would be looked at as an X factor. Um, you would definitely have to look at Whiteside. I think he'll make a, a definitely. He, he that was a big pickup. I think that's going to play a major role in the playoffs. Um, just as a rim protector and a rebounder, uh, you got Morant versus D. Mitch. That's gonna be a key matchup. Yeah, I can definitely see Ja going right at D. Mitch. That playoff series is gonna be crazy. Yeah, well, it'll be definitely um something to watch. It'll be something special to watch. Um, do you think Memphis will have a uh, a problem or a little snag gelling jaw coming off an injury with the way that Memphis is playing right now? No, if you if you a coach, it couldn't have worked out better because what happened was when Morant went down, Dylan Brooks had just came back, so it would probably have been it probably would have been harder to insert Dylan Brooks and get his confidence and everything. Up, well, just go through trial and error with him with Morant out there. So you was able to get him loose faster and build his confidence quicker while Morant went down because he he took obviously he's taking the shots that Morant would take. So you incorporated him faster than you probably anticipated. And now all you got to do is kind of just put the icing on the cake. You got Morant coming back. He's going to fit in. He's the, he's the show. So he's going to fit in. And Dylan Brooks, he got his confidence up. Everybody' confidence should be sky high, and I think that spells a dangerous thing. And no one should feel any type of way that shots might decrease with Ja coming back, basically. I don't think they care. I don't think that team care. I think that's another team that kind of carries the Cavs' same energy. Like, they they doing things as a as a group, and whoever night it is, is, is just their night. But they do have anchors right now. Jared, Jared Jackson is, is, is uh, blossoming. Since uh, Morant went down, so yeah, I think this uh, it kind of worked out better for the Grizzlies. I like the Grizz. I like Ja. Um, I remember we was having that that conversation. I said I believe that Ja is going to have a better career than Zion Williamson, and um, I still stand on that. Um, your man over there, three hundred and fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. Getting it on. Um, he getting it on. He eating very well. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to call him. You know, see if he can. You know. Give us a couple of uh, recommendations to a couple of good spots down there in New Orleans. You hear me? Um, I think the NBA is giving us a um, a good season so far. Um, there's a lot to anticipate. Um, we do have a lot of emerging stars coming up. Uh, definitely Anthony Edwards. Um, you're seeing Ja, you know, <laughs> really putting Memphis back on the mat. Um, he's injured now, but I think that he's going to come back and uh, finish off the season pretty well. Um, I think the Lakers are done. But I want to talk about this Spurs team, man. Um, Pop got them balling. Mm-hmm. Pop got them balling. I mean, they, they take a, a few snags here and there. Um, they 10-17. They are 12th in the West. But 
when I watch the Spurs play, I see them play with chemistry. Um, I don't think that they have a lot of star power over there. So I think that's why they lose a lot of games because you don't really have the star power or the personnel to go up against these teams. But, you know, three-point snipers. But they play rough. They play defense. Um, they play efficiently. Um, and, of course, they play under pop. Um, and I did make the <laughs> – I did say in the prediction that I don't think uh, Greg Popovich is going to win another uh, – another NBA championship just due to the fact is that um, the game is changing and pop is still old school and pop is not for, you know, fashion and, you know, pop is not with the, you know, anything that that, that doesn't have to do with basketball pop, not with. So it's going to be hard to bring these guys over here. That's really worrying about endorsements. Uh, it's really not nothing over there in San Antonio. You know what I'm saying? But basketball, you got to come play basketball. You are in the state of Texas. Texas is the largest state, but I mean, um, I think Pop, I think he's going to leave his legacy with the Spurs having the first female head coach. I think that's how Pop going to leave his legacy. Well, Pop, Pop is still important to the game, just 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 based off of the fact, um, like you said, he's he's still the traditional style um, coach. So even even if he doesn't have that success in San Antonio, he's breeding basketball players, you know, that can really um, carry their career successfully in their own right. So I feel like he's still um, building up these players to be successful. So He's doing a thing with DeJounte Murray. Exactly. So even if Pop is not here, well, even if Pop doesn't win another ring, um, just look at some of the players and coaches that came from underneath him. He he's important to the game. Yeah. Um, although I would love to see Greg Popovich win another NBA championship because you know that would be that traditional style of coaching to say, "Hey, it's over. yeah, it's over." <laughs> um, uh, Jordan let go of Kimba. And LaMelo Ball over there. Um, do you think that he's going to have a better career than Lonzo Ball, his brother? That's another situation. They, they're different. They're different. I said careers. I didn't ask who was the it's better. It's hard. It's hard. It would be hard to compare. They're uh, both point guards. But you got they got different attitudes. They got different mindsets. Um, Melo is more of a... Uh, twenty and ten guy. Lonzo might be a fifteen, eight boards, seven assists. So it's hard. I just think that at the end of the day, they'll both have successful careers, and as a parent, you couldn't be prouder. For sure, I agree with that. I agree with that. I always uh like what Levar Ball was doing, even though some a lot of people didn't like his uh his antics. <laughs> Um, he is animated, um, but you have to understand the the encouragement that that his son sees when his dad is just their dad is going all out. I want my sons playing for this team, and I want my sons playing for this team, and my son is good, and my son is better. And just see you, and just watch someone believing you like that um, is very encouraging. And you know, Levar Ball, hats off to you, man. Um, you know, you did your thing with your uh, with your boys, um, keeping them on the right pace. <clears throat> and trying to get your third son is out of the league too. So we're going to see. We're going to see. 
Um, what's going on with the Knicks? Last year, the Knicks was, uh, to me, they were uh, a player away, really. You know what I'm saying? Like if they if they were to grab somebody like Zach Levine, if you've seen Zach Levine playing for the Knicks, I think that have been that have took them over the top. You know, they was a great defensive team. Um, just add that other superstar there that can play on the perimeter, give you 30 to 35, and help Julius Randle out a little bit more. Um, do you think the Knicks what what do the Knicks need to get over the hump? Julius Randle is not the player to build around. He's not the player to build around. Um, he's just not that guy. And those guys that they have, the lot of guards, it's only a handful that complete for me. I mean, you got quickly, you got D Rose. Uh, that team is just, it's a lot going on. And I, I don't understand what they're trying to do. It's four year, it's like four guards. It's just a lot going on. I'm not sure uh, Tibbs know what he's doing. Tibbs, you got to get it together over there. Um, I'm loving the NBA season. Um, I like what's happening. Um, I like the games that's being played. Um, and to me, it's a lot of competition out there, and it's a lot to anticipate. Um, any gems you want to drop before we get out of here? I have a gym, man. I have a gym. Uh, so uh, people might think I'm a little crazy for this, but I, I, you know, I look at basketball different, and I really, really look at basketball. So when we looking at Steph Curry, um, and his career and his shooting ability, I, I'm starting to feel strongly about the fact that he's he's more he's he's getting credit for being a shooter more credit for being a shooter versus being a scorer. So when you think of some of your best scorers in that ever played basketball, from the Wilts to the Colbys to the Michael Jordans to the, you know, the LeBrons, most of them did they damage Shaq. Most of them did they damage two-point fashion, whether that was a post-up, whether that was through the air, layup, whatever the case may be, occasionally threes. So when you look at how they got their points, Look at how Steph Curry is getting his points. Steph Curry is just as dangerous. He's just as dangerous as they were in two-point fashion, but from three-point fashion. So you got to look at... That's the score to me. When you start looking at the fact that he's able to dribble and just create, now he's crossing the scoring round. Now, a guy like Klay Thompson, who's specializing in strictly shooting, rather than the catch-and-shoot, one-two dribble pull-ups, all the basic stuff that surround shooting, I would consider Klay Thompson a better shooter than Steph Curry. When we talking strictly shooting, Steph is a better player, obviously. But when you talking about strictly shooting, check your, check your history. Steph don't even get as hot as Klay Thompson. I don't know who who has in the history of the NBA uh, game. So uh, I really feel strongly about Steph getting more credit as a scorer than a shooter because I don't think he's the best shooter. I just think that with his uh, ability to dribble the ball and shoot the way that he's shooting, I think that's where people, um, that's what really separates him. But I think that falls more so in the in the realm of scoring than just shooting. What Clay Thompson, <clears throat> what Clay Thompson does with the basketball, 
um, in regards to shooting and not having to take that many dribbles and, you know, using his right foot as as the aim. You know, you know, when a, when a shooter is shooting and he's stepping into it, that right foot is planted every time, arm aligning right up and he leaving it up there too, looking at the basket, making sure that it go in. He's a, as you would say, a, a sniper. He's a specialist. A sniper specialist. Um, and to me, uh, Steph Curry, that's what makes Steph Curry electrifying because his hand, his ball handling is better than Clay's, and then he's shooting. Once he cross half court, you gotta de- you gotta defend him. Absolutely, and that's terrifying as a defender, and all that's adding up to points. That's that's a, Steph need to be considered one of the greatest scorers as well, um, not just shooting. Because he's able to get points in the lane. He's 90% from the free throw line. So he needs to be looked at as a scorer more so than a shooter. Because there's guys that strictly shoot that that's better than him. And his partner is one of them. Clay is a better shooter than Steph Curry. Um, I don't put Clay behind nobody. And if you know uh, you know anything about basketball, you know what I'm saying is not far-fetched. Like Clay is a better shooter than him. Uh, Steph is a way better player. But I think people don't give Steph the credit he deserved as a scorer. They just look at the fact that he's able to shoot. But they all points. They all points. Jordan did it through the air. LeBron did it through the air. Mike did it through the post. Kobe did it through the post. Shaq did it in the paint. mid-range too. Right. Two-point. All all in two-point fashion. So think about what they was able to do within those lines. Steph able to do it outside those lines. He's doing the same damage, though. But it's, it's more damage because they threes. So, oh, he a better shooter. No, dude is a crazy scorer, too. You gotta, he's, he's racking them up. So you got to start looking at him as a scorer and not so much as a shooter because his partner some is, is people that specialize in just shooting. That's, that's all they do. That's all they can do. And Clay is one of them. Um, listen, I like Steph Curry. Um, I would at this point in his career label him more of a, as a scorer than a, just a shooter. I would agree with that. Um, I do think uh, Kevin Durant is the the best scorer in the league right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Um, hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Durant is um, he's an assassin, mm-hmm. um, and he is showing you that he's um, he's tired of hearing that he don't have that mentality like he want to be a killer. He's, what's what's so different about him and Steph? Um, Steph just shoot more threes, but they both break you down, shoot from long range, and do all the shoot. But Durant, you would say Durant is a scorer. Steph is as well. I think Durant is more efficient. I think he kills you more in the mid range game. I don't like Steph mid range game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what KD is able to do at his height, of mm-hmm. course, um, and he's shooting efficiently, mm-hmm. more efficiently than Steph Curry anywhere on the court. So, and I don't like the fact that Steph takes ill-advised threes. I don't think Kevin Durant does that. I don't think that he wastes possessions. I think Steph Curry sometimes wastes possessions. He's uh, decreased that this year because there's more of a flow. Um, he has more of a team now. Um, you see Poole coming along, um, getting his shots off. It looked like he got the green light when he come in the game. So, I think that's the difference between Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. And I think Kevin Durant is now developing more of that killer mentality, whereas though I'm not going to be wasting these possessions, it's on me, put it on my shoulders, and that's game. I said something to you about Durant, either last year or the year before, and I said, as crazy as it may sound, he's not in his prime yet. And this is what I meant. 
because now he has an opportunity to one carry a team, two. Um, I also told you that he wasn't a better scorer than McGrady because he wasn't able to play out the post. He lacked the fundamentals. He didn't reach that point in his career. That's what he's doing this year. He's playing more out of the post. He's he, the game slowed down for him. He's picking his spots. Now he's on route to be the, one of the greatest scorers ever. You know, so that's why I say he just has to really um, get over certain humps and understand certain things about the game. And to me, he did. He he doing it right now. So he he's definitely my MVP right now. Um, big ups to KD. Um, gem that I, great gem. Um, the gem that I want to drop is uh, just do your homework. Do your homework. Don't take uh, what somebody just tells you um, always for face value. You know, if they do tell you something, it should stand. You know, the the test of investigation. If you were to. And um, I'm just watching a lot of these uh, teams, you know, give a percentage of how many players need to be vaccinated and things of that nature. And COVID is shooting sky high within all leagues, <laughs> basketball and football. You know, we just watched the Brooklyn Nets rotate eight players and that was based off COVID. So, I mean, to me, you know, just do your homework, try to figure out, you know, what's best for you and your body. Um, stay safe out there and peace and love.